Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Today y Manana. I'm Alex. This is Michael. We're very excited to have you joining us this morning on a nice, a beautiful morning here in Charlottesville, Virginia. A great opportunity to grab your cafe con leche, iced or otherwise, get down to a great spot and enjoy some Today y Manana and our guests. Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Alex. Happy to be here. It's glad, a great glad morning. Have you. Very sunny. I'm excited to get going. You know, because we got a great lineup. Especially a great today. lineup. We have yes. an amazing lineup of guests this morning. We're going to be joined shortly by Jill Trishman. March. She is the executive director of the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont. Then later in the show, Lee Hartman from Bluestone Vineyard in the, in the beautiful Shenandoah is going to be joining us. And then last but certainly not least, our monthly meetups with Matthias. Matthias Yon from Matthias Yon Realty is going to be uh, we're going to be catching up with him. He is freshly back from uh, a little rest and relaxation mm-hmm. and uh, going to be talking some Charlottesville, some fall. Uh, just, you know, it's, I mean, it's funny that like, we're in the midst of like the dog days of summer, but if you think about it, that comes towards the end because like September twentieth is the first. Yeah, day but of that's fall. still like over a month. Let's not let's not try to rush to end summer. I hate that stores do that. Like after July fourth, like if you go to like Costco, something you're seeing all the scarecrows out, <laughs> and you're like, it's like it's July fifth. Like it just ended. Like it's summer began that, like two weeks it's ago. Even it's even worse now. I mean, sometimes in August you go to like the Cracker no, Barrels up the. They they, they already have some it's Christmas, like Christmas stuff. already. Yeah, no, some places already have Christmas stuff. I'm like. This is unbelievable. Like, summer hasn't even ended in your advertising Christmas. Oh, what, what I like do? to enjoy my seasons, take That's time, and not go. that everything is always rushing to the next thing before the first thing has even finished. I know, so. there's still lots to enjoy. There is. It's, still, it's still 95 degrees outside, so that tells me it's still summer, not fall. <laughs> oh, absolutely. You know? absolutely. When it's 75 degrees, then you could be like, okay, I guess fall's here. Mm-hmm. Well, in Charlottesville, I mean, sometimes, you know... <laughs> Fall itself has 90 degree weather. You never know. Yeah, it could be hot, you know, but not usually you're not, not getting this hot. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Claudia Troy already watching uh, the show this morning. Monica Miller from Montana already already joining us, watching the show. Thank you both for See, in Montana, on. that's where you're already looking and saying, okay, fall's on its way. Yes. Because mm-hmm. fall is like a two-week span, and then suddenly you're getting, you know, 10 inches of snow like the next day absolutely so. absolutely so but we appreciate mm-hmm. our fantastic viewer from montana monica thanks for thanks for tuning in this morning um we got uh like i said we got some great guests coming up love being here on the isle of civil network set big a couple shout outs thank you to emergent financial services for presenting and of course thanks to our amazing partners matias Sion realty credit serious insurance castle hill cider forward adelante thank you all for being just such amazing partners of the show so I don't know about you. I'm ready to, to jump right yeah, in let's and enjoy go. some of the amazing guests that we have on this morning. So we're excited to start with and welcome to the show Jill Trishman March. She is the executive director of the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont. Jill, thanks for, for joining us this Thank morning. Thank you for coming on. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Oh, it's, no, a, it's a, a pleasure. pleasure. So for those who either haven't met you yet or don't yet know about the Botanical Garden, tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe how you first came to be connected with the the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont. Sure, thank you. Um, So I am a landscape architect and I practiced in this uh, community in Central Virginia for about 30 years. I was a member of the board of directors when they decided to hire their first um, uh, executive director and um, I was chosen after a nationwide search so I feel really honored to have the job of my dreams and be able to serve my community by helping to build a public garden that's awesome that's fantastic so what 
So what is the Botanical Garden? How did it first come into being and like where, where is it located? So um, it first came into being in 2008 as a nonprofit that was formed to educate the community about the benefits of a botanical garden. Our founder is Helen Flamini, and she moved here from New York, and she was astonished to find that such a sophisticated university community didn't already have a botanical garden. Mm-hmm. So, um, so she started a, a 501c3 just with the idea of informing, educating the community about the benefits. Um, Not long after that, when they were putting in, um, developing the plans for the John Warner Parkway, in which two of the nine um, holes for the golf course in McIntyre Park were going to be removed, the city of Charlottesville, through the Department of Parks and Rec, started doing a master plan for the eastern part of McIntyre and uh, invited the community for feedback. And a a botanical garden was high on the list of priorities for the community. Um, And uh, the Parks and Rec were not prepared to offer the environmental education that's a strong part of a botanical garden. So they sought a partner in that venture, and that's when we were selected to to be part of the um, master plan for McIntyre Park. So that said, the location of the garden is actually reached most easily from the John Warner Parkway Melbourne Road. Um, Our driveway entrance is across the street from the Charlottesville High School football stadium. And we're right across the railroad tracks from Charlottesville High School. And that's been really a blessing to be able to integrate the high school students into um, the programming that we're already offering in the garden. Wow. That's fantastic. And what can you find in a botanical garden? So right now we're in very early days. Um, we um, are, well, the site was the former leaf dump and mulch pile for the city of Charlottesville, and it sat dormant for about 10 years before we started stewarding it. So that gave um, a lot of invasive weed um, seeds mm-hmm. the opportunity to germinate and really take hold. Yeah. So when we started st- Stewarding the site in 2019, we actually had to hire a um, forestry mulcher, a piece of equipment, to go in and penetrate that thicket of vegetation before we could even see what we had to work with. And the first thing we had to work with was tons of trash, whether it was, you know, tires and mattresses and stuff. But we were then able to start chipping the vegetation and creating trails and gathering areas. So we're in a very rustic state right now as we're um, raising the funds to build the future garden. But we do have trails and gathering areas. We've been hosting events and programs in the garden to um, welcome the community in and um, let them, uh, you know, so they understand what kind of amenities we're offering to the community and feel at home there. As we raise the funds to build the future garden, which will be a lot more finished and, and, um, and offer even more amenities than we currently have. So we, we want um, the community to be part of the design and development, and we feel that the best way for that to happen is for them to feel welcome now in these early mm-hmm. days. Yeah. Okay, so do you have, like, an idea of what kind of, like, plants or trees you would want to plant? So, yeah, so we are... Um, we 
are committed to having native plants in the okay. garden, um, and that does not mean that we won't have like edible landscaping. We're looking at food mm-hmm. forests and that kind of thing. But we're um, really about developing healthy, sustainable habitat. Mm. Um, and if you go to the site right now, you'll see um, on, along Melbourne Road, we've, div- we've planted a wildflower meadow. And um, it's incredible the number of pollinators that are already coming and visiting that that particular garden. But the other um, impact that we've already seen is by removing native plants, we've seen that the aquatic life has really diversified. In 2019, there was a PhD candidate at UVA in herpetology who, um, as part of her um, thesis, with with volunteers went through the stream quarter in the garden and turned over pretty much every rock and they found one dead box turtle. Now, after several years of removing native plants, we actually have a great blue heron who is hunting that stream quarter. And he's there pretty on a regular basis. And if you know anything about them, it takes a lot of loft for a, a heron to be able to get up. So he needs that kind of space. He needs space, and there has to be something there for him to come back a second time. And we've got, we've got minnows, we've got frogs, we've got toads, we've got snakes. It's, it's a living, um, healing landscape, and we're really excited. Um, we're about to begin a stream restoration project. Um, and in fact, they're surveying the property right now, and we're expecting the heavy equipment to arrive um, later this month. And uh, what will happen is, is right now the stream is very deeply incised. Um, incised. There's a lot of erosion because mm-hmm. the water tra- travels really quickly yeah. through that stream corridor. All of the stones at the bottom are the same color because they're covered with salt. And this stream restoration will reintroduce meanders into the stream corridor, create some floodplain areas, and, um, and slow the water down. And, and we'll also be raising the bottom of the stream and tapering back the sides, and then it will be stabilized with mm. all native plants. Oh, so the nice. stream will be more accessible. We can use it more as an outdoor classroom. The, the visuals will be more aesthetically mm-hmm. pleasing, and, um, and it will be healthier water that goes downstream ultimately to mm. the Chesapeake Bay. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. It's, just, it's amazing even in the early stages just how... The, the the existence of the botanical garden now has you know healed the land in a sense from those invasive species and the things that that kind of and it's amazing how just the wildlife has reacted and saying yeah. this was an unlivable space for us before yeah and now they kind of all gravitate there because it's it's become livable again and, and a, a natural environment that's awesome that you're going to keep it that way and maintain the native plants and not you know, species from elsewhere that, that right. wouldn't that oftentimes like they don't they don't connect well with the local wildlife that's there. Exactly. And and this is such a critical time in the development of our um, our planet to make sure that we are doing things that are both financially and environmentally sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to offer the community green space so close to the downtown, sure. we take that as a just an awesome responsibility and we really saw during the pandemic how important having access to Mm -hmm. green space was not um and the studies that have come out since have shown how both 
mental and physical outcomes are improved mm-hmm. by regular access to, to green spaces. Oh, absolutely. I think the pandemic definitely showed how healing nature has, like a calming effect and mm-hmm. almost like a meditation area for mm-hmm. you to just kind of like de-stress, relax, and just kind of like, it all, even sometimes even works as an antidepressant, I think. It's, in many cases, mm-hmm. I, I've seen studies about that. So that's wonderful that it's like so accessible to us. In, in right here a, in the area. Yeah, right here in the area. Absolutely. What are some of, because you mentioned some programming and things, what are some of the programming or events or things that people can kind of experience when they when they go well just taking off on um what we were just saying we do have um in the next month and a half or so uh several yoga classes we have children's yoga and um adult yoga classes that we are offering we have tai chi classes um you know all of this is with the help of our community partners so the classes we offer are free and open to the public um and uh and so in both of these cases, or all three of these cases, the Tai Chi and the yoga classes, these are all volunteers that are offering their services to the community and using the garden as their venue. Um, we have grants that pay for literacy, arts, and um, and STEM programming that we've been offering. So, for example, the stream restoration. We're trying to make every part of the design and construction of the garden into some kind of community educational opportunity. So we have a grant, and for the past two years, students and scouts have been documenting the water quality in the stream, and the results of their um, their testing is up on our website, so you can see over time what's going on with the water. water. And that um, testing will continue during and after the stream restoration. So students are able to participate in some real citizen science projects that have real-life consequences. with our literacy program, once a month we have preschool story hours with a librarian from the, the children's librarian at Gordon Avenue Library. And those are all books about nature and gardens, so kids are learning about nature in nature. And then we have a grant um, for ex- what we call Explore to Read, where books about nature that are age-appropriate with the publisher's permission are blown up to two by three foot posters and then put along trails in the woods. So reading becomes interactive and exploratory Mm -hmm. and there's a sense of discovery. And, um, and, and so it's, you know, they're learning about nature again in nature. Yeah. So, um, so we are real fortunate that we've got so much community support and, um, this venture because it is a pretty it's a pretty big project yeah, that awesome. sounds that's terrific. fantastic and we you got some fans watching already Whitney Mallonby like in the show this morning Leisha Morales Tarai uh, thank you for watching the show uh, liking uh, Botanical Garden Jill Yerder uh, Rachel Boranko Kath Boardman Dave Benham uh, Medan Shedro thanks for uh, thanks for liking like in the, yeah. the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont on but this morning's show. To go show. back to what you said, Jill, especially when it comes to the youth, I, I've, I've been on this show and said this like a thousand yeah. times, I feel like this younger generation has grown up in a, such a digital age where I think they haven't really been able to experience nature as, as in the same manner as previous generations have. Mm-hmm. So it's really wonderful to actually kind of push them yeah. out. Instead of being on their phones or iPads or computers, now push them back out into nature, kind of reintroduce everything that 
that has to offer in the outside world rather than everyone just kind of like being stuck on their phones. It's, it's really important and it's something that's kind of getting lost a little bit that I'm hoping that can Well, it's beautiful. Once you do, I think we had a guest on a few weeks ago with the, um, the, the, uh, the yes. Living Earth School. Living Earth School, oh, yeah. yes. And just talking about how sometimes once you just give the child that kind of first nudge, they all, they'll keep coming back. Mm-hmm. Like they, they, you don't even have to force them anymore. They're like, yeah, I want to go and see what's new at the stream or monitor that or see what new wildlife I can find. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a natural thing to them and an enjoyable experience. Listen, every living creature has a connection to nature. Yeah. We do too. It's just that we've been, we've kind of civilized Forgotten so much that, yeah, ways. exactly, we've forgotten in some ways. And then when you get re reintroduce suddenly it's like an instinct like a natural instinct kind of kicks in like wait i want more of this i want to kind of be in the forest and in the woods i want to see the plants and all the frogs and all the animals that Mm kind of live in this landscape so it's incredible yeah we we've been reaching out to the schools you know from i I started this job in 2019 trying to get more interaction Mm -hmm. you know with the schools you know first there was a pandemic Mm -hmm. and then the kids went back to the classroom but they weren't doing field trips um then they were doing field trips but there were no bus drivers but it was a great day last may when the entire second grade from clark elementary arrived by a school bus at the garden so um for those teachers that are out there listening we um definitely welcome you to the garden we have a um, educational coordinator now that can set up programming you know that meets whatever sol criteria that Mm -hmm. they're trying to achieve so we really are trying to get kids into the garden as much as possible because if the kids are excited about the garden they'll bring their parents yeah you know yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly that should become a mandatory class i feel like this should be a petition to start <laughs> charlotte's schools like it's mandatory that yeah. you have to have like nature field trips and like once. nature classes like once a week i don't know <laughs> <laughs> maybe not we might have once, once a week but uh, <laughs> come on if you ask a kid whether they want to do algebra equations or go uh, plant you know i don't know like try to plant the tomato plant the feisty do the tomato plant <laughs> Yeah, I have to say that for myself personally, my interest in in the natural world came from my grandmother who lived on the 25th floor of an apartment in New York City. Um, And when I would go to visit her, she had a little terrace that was probably a third the size of the table we're sitting at, and she had tomato plants out there. But the... But it was too high for bees to be able to fly up and pollinate. So she would have me out there with her pencil tip pollinating her tomato plants. And I was probably seven. Mm -hmm. And it it just sent me on this journey where, you know, this is where I am now. So it really does light a light for children when they have some access to nature. Um, And that intergenerational thing, that inter... that really counts for a lot as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a fantastic story. What a, yeah. <laughs> what a beautiful thing to like, even in the midst of the concrete jungle that is. You yeah, know, New York. York. Like, yeah. to just be able to cultivate, to cultivate that, and mm-hmm. uh, and now look where it's led. It's like, yeah. to, uh, here we are. We're glad you're here, helping to grow a beautiful botanical garden in the midst of Charlottesville. Thank you. So it's much appreciated. So, for people who want to learn more about it or visit or see how they can support and donate, where's the best place to go to find out? Well, first of all, like us and share us on your social media, but also go to our website, which is piedmontgarden.org. So that's garden singular, piedmontgarden.org. 
piedmontgarden.org. Oh, super easy. Piedmontgarden.org. Fantastic. Uh, Joe, it's been such a pleasure. Yes. I'm so Thank glad you. that we got to learn about yes. it. And we'll definitely, I know my wife and I will definitely be visiting. Oh, please soon. do. Yeah. Yes, we do have, um, you know, tours for organizations. So contact us and we'll schedule one for you. Awesome. All right. Thank, Thank you so much. Oh, that's funny. See, I, one of the things I love most about the show, you, you learn new things. And, mm-hmm. oh, wow, I didn't know. I mean, confess, I didn't know before we had booked Jill to come on that, yeah. that it was here. I know. Right, right here in Charlottesville. That's incredible, yes. And then the work that they do, too, like, mm-hmm. you know, building, trying to build the garden, kind of, like you said, healing nature in a way. Like, Absolutely. it's amazing that suddenly you see all the, like, the natural wildlife kind of return to space after they've left it. Exactly. You know, Which so that's... It's so important and so amazing mm-hmm. in the sense of that they were able to take really what was um, an area that was struggling yeah. from a natural perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, just the, the thought that you can't even get in yet to see what garbage is there because of the invasive species I covering know. it. I'm like, just... It, it's kind of sad because in reality, you're kind of seeing the worst of humanity where it's like, you know, you have garbage everywhere. Like, people are overgrown just... Overgrown by Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then you see the best of you here and they're trying to heal the mistakes exactly. we've made. You know, and nature responding and saying, mm-hmm. yes, now we're... Yeah. I mean, just the difference between one dead turtle and now there's, there's so much wildlife that the heron is like, oh, yeah, I want a piece of this. I know, I and those herons some. are gorgeous. I mean, I've seen they them are. before. Every once in a while when we kind of drive... Along certain roads, you'll kind of see them in like the little streams. Yep. They're gorgeous oh, animals. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's 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 a blessing to be able to go somewhere in Charlottesville and find that and I know. see that because they're not easy creatures to yeah. like actually yeah. spot. Geese, geese are easy to spot. You can go to like Costco. Yeah. It's like oh, these geese, geese. everywhere. But the blue heron is yeah. rare. Is is a magnificent creature. So mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to go uh, to go visit. For yes. sure, you know. And from one great guest to another, another place, another place I'm excited to go <laughs> visit. I mean, this show is, uh, today's show is filled with places I wanted to go see. We're excited to welcome to the show this morning Lee Hartman from Bluestone Vineyard. Lee, thanks Lee, so much for yeah, coming thank you on. For coming this morning. on. Yeah, thanks for having me. Glad no, to be here. Oh, so excited to have you on. Yeah, no, we're always excited yes. to be here. You know, we're, we come from a family that, you well, know, yeah, we we're a very Italian family, and, so, you know, we like our wine. Yeah, so we like Good. to, uh, yeah. to do that. So, for Lee, for those who, haven't yet met Bluestone, haven't been out there. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and Bluestone Vineyard. Sure. So we started planting grapevines in 2008 uh, commercially. Before that, we had uh, what I would call a, a hobby vineyard or like a garden vineyard. It was a row of this, row of something else. Room. And uh, none of it made any sense. And so then we, we started planting um, in 2008 when I graduated from college it's it's my family's farm so so I was I was getting started with this with uh, my parents and and some of their friends and uh, I was I was just getting on board um, not because I thought this is what I wanted to do I I, I didn't really have an interest in wine at all um, but I I used to live in Europe and I wanted to move back there I have a degree in history I thought I could be a tour guide or work at a museum or something something along those lines and uh, my parents said, why don't you help us as we're starting this uh, until something comes along. And then nothing came along, which, which was fine because I, I... You've you already know, started I, to fall in love. I've started to really fall in love with, with the idea of, you know, this bottle of sparkling wine or this mm-hmm. bottle of Cab Franc. And this is such a cliche to, to winemakers everywhere. But um, it's, that bottle is just a bunch of dirt and water and sunlight, and it blew my mind, and it still yeah. does. And so... Uh, so yeah, here we are. Fifteen years later, we opened our doors in 
2011. We built the winery in 2010, which was a, a really great year to get started in, in, the, in the world of winemaking. Um, prior to that, actually, we, we were making wine in uh, my parents' garage. Um, uh, ABC came by. They're like, yep, the, you got a painted floor and a stainless steel sink, and there's no motorcycle in here, so this is totally a winery. Um, but then we, we, we built what we work with today, and uh, we, we've been there for uh, this. Uh, here in a couple of weeks will be the start of our 14th harvest. Wow, and now up to, uh, is it 5,000? vines that you have that's a, like a large number that you've grown tremendously yeah so so we we now uh manage 27 acres which which comes to about twenty five thousand vines wow yeah. <laughs> yeah and you know some of that is most of that is uh, our property mm-hmm. um my family my wife and my son and i we we live half mile up the road and there's uh, about 10 acres of vines there um but every once in a while somebody will come to me and they'll they'll you know, want to learn about starting a winery or starting a vineyard, and I always ask them, "Do you want me to talk you into this or out of it?" Because I'll do either one really, really well. And so twice now, we, we've had people who did not want to be talked out of it, and so we said, "Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly help." And so uh, now we manage um, uh, a vineyard in Dayton, which is about ten minutes away, and then we we have a neighbor who's about a half mile down the road who uh, we've got three acres of. Merlot and Petit Verdot for them. And, That's fantastic. Uh, yeah. You know, the world of wine, uh, specifically Virginia wine, it's such a cool community to be a part of. Like, there's no reason I should be able to make wine with just a degree in history, um, except I have a community of 300 other winemakers who will answer my questions and I'll answer their questions. And, and so it's a really collaborative group of people to work with. Um, and and we we all wish that there were more of us in the industry. I, the best yeah. thing for Bluestone Vineyard would be to have another tasting room on our road. Mm-hmm. And so I keep just, yeah. I keep trying to drop <laughs> hints to the to the neighbor. Hey, if you guys ever want to open a tasting room, you should uh, you should totally do that. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So would you say it's? I mean, that's awesome because I know, you know, Virginia has its challenges, but its opportunities when it comes to wine making. What would you say some of those are like that you've experienced? So my, my motto at work that I tell myself daily is, if this was easy, everyone would do it. Mm-hmm. And so, so there are definitely challenges. You know, we've, we've seen just about every mammal outside of an orca whale in our vineyard. We've, <laughs> we have to deal with, um, with mold, mildew, rot, insects, birds. Um, we have to deal with, um, uh, you know, uh, local or state governments who, who don't, know what to do with this sometimes uh can be a real challenge um uh even you know during or outside of the pandemic labor issues trying to stay within what we're supposed to be doing um they're they're all big challenges but but we you know we i i think sometimes you know there's that old saying that that artists not not to call ourselves artists or anything but artists don't make art because they can it's because they have to and oh interesting yeah and i think that that you know this this is a hundred percent it for me mm-hmm. like this is what i am going to do yeah. uh until my wife tells me to stop it um <laughs> it's, it's time to retire um it's 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 something that that i love i think that that most people in the industry that that you could uh talk to will, will tell you the same thing this this is what they have to do and so um 
So it can be a struggle. One of the nice things for us at Bluestone is that we are in the Shenandoah Valley, which means that we are usually three to five degrees cooler than you guys are here. Mm -hmm. We uh, usually get a half a foot of rain less than Charlottesville does every year, which is really helpful. It's not an insignificant amount of water. Um, uh, we, we, you know, those um, that higher altitude, our, our um, vineyard tops out at 1,400 feet, which is a, which is a pretty good spot to be in. Um, it helps with those uh, uh, fungal pressure, um, yep, you know. Have a harder time growing yeah, the fungi and things. It a little keeps more things, airflow. Keeps too. things drier. Exactly. Yeah, we, we have a constant wind at the top mm-hmm. of our hill, which uh, certainly certainly helps. Yeah. And then those cooler evenings, that that diurnal temperature swing, uh, helps retain some acidity in our in our grapes, which helps with ageability. It also helps with you know making it more food friendly. Uh, oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, all, all good things when you're working with wine. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. That's for sure. So what, I mean, you've, you've brought some. So, well, first off, Richard Allen Fox says, Lee is a phenomenal winemaker <laughs> and all-around great guy. Mm-hmm. Which, Thanks, Richard. Nice. And uh, <laughs> well, what, uh, what wines, I, I know you didn't, you brought a couple for us today, but um, as you, as you kind of open them here, tell us a little bit about some of the wines you craft at, uh, at Bluestone. Yeah, so, so we, we have a hard time. We, we, we grow about a dozen different varietals on the property. Um, we grow 97% of what we produce into wine at this point. Uh, we get a little bit of Viognier from somebody we've been working with for over a decade. They're a great farm. They know what they're doing, and uh, I don't want to deal with growing Viognier, so uh, we're, we're happy to work with them on that. Um, and um, we make about two dozen different wines. And so, so if you come to our tasting room, there's a, a lot of variety. Part of it is we're excited to to explore and try different things and some Mm -hmm. of it is we want to make variety for people who have a variety of different tastes absolutely so and here we go this is the part we like clap yeah when he pulls this pulls this one out oh look at that see this is the beauty of life there yeah right i uh yeah, I, I picked, like, the one bottle that could absolutely go the worst. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate Jerry's here. Otherwise, I would have just told you to keep shaking it, and then we'll shoot the pop and have it overflow. <laughs> oh, this is, so, so which, which one is this? That's, Thank you. It's a beautiful sparkling look there. So this is our, this is our Blanc de Blanc. It's a, it's a, it's a sparkling ma- wine made out of Chardonnay. Oh. Ooh. And the reason I brought this one, we just released it. Yeah, cheers. Hey, cheers. Thank you. Coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, so this is the first sparkling wine we made. We've been selling sparkling wine for about two years. Uh, because we were selling the 2018 first. Mm-hmm. Um, in Virginia Wine 2017, fantastic year. 2018 was a really difficult year. So we, we thought this one could use some age. Um, Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Thank you. The way that sparkling wine is made is super duper nerdy. Like you, you basically make a wine twice. You, you make a wine, mm-hmm. you filter it, you get it ready to bottle, and then right before you bottle it, you add sugar and yeast to it, and then you put it in this bottle with a crown cap on top. To hold the to hold To hold pressure, and then it ferments in that bottle. Um, and for this wine, then we wait four years... Uh, wow. And all the yeast in that bottle uh, starts to 
fall apart and contribute lots of cool notes to the wine. It's, it's fantastic. Um, I mean, it smells like yeast. It smells like mm-hmm. a bakery. Yeah, it does. There it is does, definitely yeah. was an earthy flavor because mm-hmm. at first I'm tasting, I'm like, I'm getting a very strong, almost like a prosecco. Kind of like a sweeter kind of champagne. But then, yeah, after a while, it sells in your mouth. You can kind of get this earthy flavor. And I was curious. Now that you explain it, it's the yeast. That's incredible. So then when when you're done aging it, and this is is the champagne method. This is how Mm -hmm. they do it in champagne. Uh, You hold the bottle upside down. Uh, All that yeast that is still in the bottle finds its way to the very top of the neck. You freeze the top of the neck. So then all that yeast is basically stuck in an ice cube. You open the top off all the pressure in the bottle pushes that ice cube out and then uh and then you top it off with a little bit more wine you put in the the mushroom cork in the cage and that's it oh my goodness wow. i have no idea that that must be a neat feeling when you finally pop that thing and you see it's the ice very satisfying it's so satisfying it's the best <laughs> oh. and and we actually uh, at this point now um we're, we're doing it all by hand so so you know every single one of our bottles that we're working with um uh, we we bottle it by hand and we we disgorge it by hand. That's so, amazing! Wow. Yeah. You know, just, but I, I, I even, I even like the quality. use of physics in that too. Though yes. I, have to, I have to throw that in, yeah. like freezing <laughs> it and then like like I would never even occur to me. It's like I would be like, oh, how do I get this? How do I get out of the bottle? The, oh, that's amazing. So besides having a community of really wonderful people who mm-hmm. can uh, keep us from going too far uh, astray, uh, we're also at a really great time in 2023. Um, that human beings have been um, uh, fermenting anything they can get their hands on for the last 10,000 years. Amen. And people have learned a lot of things along the way. And uh, this just happens to be one of those really cool things that uh, um, once I started reading about it and learning about it, um, I, I just couldn't wait to try it ourselves. So, so now we, we make uh, traditional sparkling wine like this. And we also make what are called pet nats or a petulant natural. Petulant natural. It's um, basically you do the same process, but it's during that initial fermentation when you've got just a little bit of sugar left in the bottle or in the in the in the wine. You bottle it so it's raw; it's not filtered or anything. Oh, um, and so it's it's a much less predictable style wine. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit funkier. It's definitely cloudy. Um, just uh, yeah. but I know that's very much. Not in vogue, but I've I've seen more and more of the of the cloudier wine. The it's very hip wine. to the natural yeah. wine thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 people are beginning to like not be afraid. I think of like, oh, my wine is cloudy, and that just means it's unfiltered. I mean, yeah. it's it's not. To to me, it's it's really really exciting that that you can you can have that style of wine, or you can have this style of wine, mm-hmm. uh, and you can celebrate all of it. Yeah. To me. And I, I, what we try to do at Bluestone is, is try to emphasize that wine is supposed to be really, really fun. This is supposed to be a life-giving thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't need to be pretentious. It doesn't need to be uh, stuck up or for other people. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a wine out there for everybody. And once it gets you, then, then it's a really fun wine, or a really fun world to explore. Absolutely. You know, you can travel the world and never leave your kitchen just by pulling a cork out. And, and it's fun. We, I, you, know, you get to think about different regions, different techniques, mm-hmm. different grapes. Um, I'm in a very fortunate position. I get to think of my friends who made those wines. And I get to think of the years. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, yeah. 
there's lots of like, oh, this was a great year. Oh, this was a challenging year. But this wine is amazing. They did a really great job with it. There's almost like a story now that you can relate to yeah. behind every oh, yeah. bottle. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what went into this like um, that particular year. How how hard it was to get that to come to fruition. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. And now, what are some of the reds that you guys produce? So we grow. All five Bordeaux varietals, so Cab Franc, Cab Sauve, Petit Verdot, Merlot, and Malbec. We grow all those. Um, We also grow Chamberson, which is a hybrid grape that that I love. Our our pet Nat is made out of that stuff. Um, uh, So it's like a rosé. It's like Mm -hmm. a rosé style, a pretty dark one. Um, Yeah, by all means. they're they're off camera. This is too good to not. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. By all means, <laughs> get a glass and try. It'll make the show even more lively. Yeah. Um, I see. This is why Matthias is the best. He's like coming around. He's helping us out. That's the real reason I'm here today. Exactly. <laughs> we rebooked him. We were like, Lee is coming on from Bluestone. He said, "We booked me. We booked me that day." Perfect. So we got some, yeah. We got yeah. some. Is this and this is a Cabernet Franc that you have here for us. Cabernet Franc. Oh, this looks fantastic. The color is always a beautiful mm-hmm. one. Oh yes. So, so this is much more in line with what our our normal Bluestone bottle looks like. Mm-hmm. It has our our logo and everything. Um, and, and we, we have about 20 different wines like that, um, you know, from Merlot to Moscato. We, we want to make sure that, you know, whoever you are or where you are on your wine journey, we have something that, that should be exciting to you mm-hmm. uh, and something you would, you would spend an afternoon with because it is a beautiful place overlooking the Allegheny Mountains to be able to just – it's a great place to waste an afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, so – so this is this is kind of what what most of our bottles kind yeah. of look like. Um, uh, a couple of years ago, I started what's called the Vineyard Site series, which have these weird-looking pictures. They're always textural. They're always very detailed, um, and they're they're pictures of things that you would see around the farm. And um, so the Vineyard Site series is my way of making really nerdy stuff. <laughs> um, that that's still delicious. Like it's not it's not you know, a science experiment that you forgot about in the back of the fridge. It is... It's deliberate. It is, it is deliberate, yeah. and it has to taste good if we're going to release it. So this is a picture of a uh, scratch mark on our auger that has been oh, rusted out. How interesting. And I saw that scratch mark go down and up about 25,000 times, and so we wanted to share that with the world. That's neat. You get like a little behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. The, the, reason, the reason why this wine is kind of experimental is in 2019, uh, I made a white wine out of Cabernet Franc, and that ended up being um, blended with uh, a, a local Charlottesville winemaker, uh, Jake Bushing. He had uh, uh, another wine, uh, Petit Mensang, we blended it together. It was called Orphan Number no. 3. And so then I had this press full of skins, and I was like, what, what am I going to do with all these skins? I guess they could go on the compost pile. But instead, I, I dumped them into another fermenter of Cab Franc. Uh, so this Cab Franc has... Like double skin. Yeah, it has way too much skin in it. And I thought that would make this really tough, thick, dark, um, you know, wine that you wouldn't want to drink for 20 years. But instead, it made this really aromatic, really easy to drink, almost like a Pinot Noir sort mm. of style. 
It's not that rough at all. It's, it's no, beautiful. Very it's smooth. Nice, smooth. Oh, this is excellent. Mm. So, yeah, we've got about six different yeah. wines in that Vineyard Site series that are, you know, experiments with... Yeah. With native yeast, we, mm-hmm. we have a Chardonnay that we started fermenting outside in the vineyard using, out, like, the, the vineyard's yeast. Um, we've got this. Yeah, we, we have, a, we have a, a wine called Oddbird. It is a white wine made out of Cabernet Franc, Cabernet Sauvignon, and Petit Verdot. Um, yeah, just, just like our chance to be kind of experimental yeah, and, and creative. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how much research goes into... Before you kind of like decide, like oh, I'm going to mix like these grapes or these wines. Like, how much research do you do before you kind of venture into that? There, there's a lot of research and studying that mm-hmm. goes into winemaking generally, and then there's there's also a fair amount of flying by the seat of your pants. Okay, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I was going to ask. Are you just like I'm just going to mix this stuff together and see what happens. But but you know, sometimes it's really great to have those friends in the industry that you can run things by them yeah. and mm-hmm. say, "Have you ever done this? Have you ever thought Does about this doing this?" Does it sound extremely crazy or like? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you know, you never want to go too far out on a limb all at once. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of what you do is very incremental. You know, we get one chance yeah. every single year, and that's it. So yeah. don't screw it up. <laughs> so what you can do is make, like, a small change this year, and maybe the next year. And you might say, this is great. Let's do that again. Uh, or maybe this is how we should make that wine from now on. Mm-hmm. And uh, then you can make other little tweaks. Or maybe you've got five tons of something, and you've split off one ton, and you do your experiment to it. And, uh, and if it doesn't work, or if it... If it works, but it's not quite what you'd want, maybe you, you decide to either blend it back in or parse it out. We also, one thing we do is we, we keg wine. So if you come to, sorry. So if you come to the tasting room, uh, you can get a growler full of wine. And so sometimes those are experimental batches. Um, sometimes those are different blends of things that uh, don't make the, like, the director's cut. Like they're just, uh, it's just uh, yep. something fun and different. And I've always loved that, you know, if you go to a restaurant on the downtown mall um, or, or somewhere, there are all these breweries that have seasonal things. Mm-hmm. Or it's like, well, you better try this beer now. Because it won't be here. Because it won't be here next time. And so that's, that's our chance that to, to give a wine a funny name mm-hmm. and put it on draft and tell people to try mm-hmm. it while it's here. Yeah, which is a great reason to go to the tasting room. I mean, as if there wasn't already. I mean, it's a beautiful... Yeah. Spot. I've seen the photos. It's a beautiful location. The view's great. The tasting room looks gorgeous. And so, but it, kind of that incentive to take the drive out and go and experience it, not only just to meet you guys yeah. and to, you know, to see everyone there, but also... You get to experience wines that don't necessarily always make it to bottle, but that are interesting to try. Yeah, yeah. We we also discovered a long time ago when we first started collecting wine and uh, trying trying to make sure that we always had wine on hand in our house for whatever the meal was. Um, if you want to have a wine collection, you have to uh, buy more wine than you consume. Which is a really funny thing to think about. So we discovered we'd go to these tastings, we'd go to these wineries, and we found this wine that we loved. And and if you if you 
if you don't have something else, you know, nobody ever buys wine and doesn't drink wine tonight. It doesn't yeah. happen. So you almost need like a sacrificial bottle. Um, <laughs> so you're like, this is a saber. This is what we're having tonight. And and those growlers are, are perfect for that. It's 18 mm. bucks and it's like a bottle of wine. Oh yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. And it's yeah, exactly. It's your it's like you said, it's your. You, you don't you don't hesitate on it. You're just like, yes, <laughs> this is an easy easy decision for a Tuesday night. Burger night. Is that, you, know, you always have those tears where you're like, okay, this one, it's too precious for me to like just immediately drink it the day I bought right, it. So I have right. to put it in. But you need something else. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, you sit there and say, well, well ah, I need to drink something from here tonight. Right. So you can get that $18 bottle, the growler, and say, you know what? Okay, I just had this. It's fantastic. I'm going to enjoy it tonight. Yeah. No questions asked. And then hold on to the growler and come refill it again. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's fantastic. What would you say, so when when visitors come and experience Bluestone, what, what are you trying to want them to experience when they come visit you guys? You know, not, not to be like overly poetic about yeah. the thing, but, but this wine is literally our home. Like yeah. my, my, my parents, you know, they live 300 feet from the tasting room. They work more hours than I do. They, uh, they really put themselves into this thing. Um, and so is my family. Um, my 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 seven year old son uh, loves running around the tasting room and going to the to the warehouse and climbing pallets. And um, we we all live in the middle of the vineyard. My my brother works there full time. He's our operations manager. So so for when when people come there, it we are literally sharing our home with everyone. Yeah. And and you can take a bottle of our home with you. Going back to the idea that this is just a bottle of dirt. Yeah. And. And we want people, we want people to, to pick us up and give us a try when they, when they go to the grocery store or if they see us in a restaurant. But when, when they're out there, you know, it really gives you a sense of uh, this, is, this is what the family does. Yeah, this is the and family this is, and, and, you know, I didn't appreciate it when we moved to the property when I was 11 years old. But it is, it is a stunning view of the Allegheny Mountains. Um, at the top of the second ridge where our Cab Franc has grown... You know, in one place you can see the Allegheny Mountains and the Blue Ridge Mountains, wow. just clear as day. Um, just the valley goes on forever, wow. and and it's it's a really cool spot to be. If if you need a, a uh, an actual reason to come out, like oh, there's an event happening. We we like to have wine dinners because we love food and wine. We have concerts because I am a uh, I'm a live music junkie. Like we just so we have ten shows oh, a man. year. It's uh, it's a really great time. Uh, those are called Toast the Weekend. Toast the Weekend. Yeah. So if if you're if you're ever ever around and you'd like to make make the trip up, um, it's a it's a good time. We have. Uh, kind of a, a natural amphitheater. Um, we have food trucks and bands, and and it's it's a great time. It's 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 fun. Um, even when I'm working, I, I have a good time because I, I run into 500 people that I know there. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. So for people who want to experience that, like go out there, toast the wheat and something. Yep. Where can people find out more, and where can people find Bluestone Vineyard? So, so online, uh, you can find Bluestone Vineyard on Facebook. I'm sure we have Instagram. I'm, I'm, I'm unfortunately, I'm, uh, I spend most of, this is very strange for me. I spend most of my days on a tractor or in a, in a barrel room. So this is, this is a bit beyond. It's a little bit uh, of a change. A little, little, bit, of, little bit of a change. Um, so we are on Facebook. I have a professional page. It's called Lee Hartman, Winemaker, if you want to learn more about what we're actually doing on the crush pad or in the cellar. Um, I do much more of that sort of stuff. Um, um, here in Charlottesville, we are in Wegmans 
and we are at the Wine Guild. Um, if, if you'd want to try, I know that they carry the uh, that white wine made out of the, the red grapes and also um, uh, that, that pet nat. I think they carry that. And um, uh, in Harrisonburg, uh, we are just south of there. We're off exit 240 for Bridgewater. Uh, and coming this fall, uh, I am opening a wine bar in downtown Harrisonburg, which will carry oh, awesome. carry all yeah. of our carry all of Bluestone's wines and then some other stuff that I'm excited about. Uh, that'll be called Rootstock Wine Bar. Rootstock Wine Bar. So yeah, okay. yeah, so come. Many ways to try it. A lot of different ways to uh, to come and see us and uh, come check out what we're doing. Awesome, awesome. Uh, well, That's wonderful. Been an absolute yes. pleasure. Yeah, thank Thanks you guys so for having me. Thank you morning. for coming on and, and, sharing. and sharing and sharing mm-hmm. some of your family and your and your amazing wine with us. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Alice. All righty, and we're gonna swap over here. And it is uh, Bluestone Vineyard on Instagram as well. So literally one word, Bluestone Vineyard, all together. <laughs> and you can you can be sure to uh, to check it out. Yeah, that that was great. I, yeah. I love I love hearing the passion and then the story behind you know these entrepreneurs and then just kind of like the passion for the wine and then it it comes out when you're tasting it i know it really is you know, it's it's, uh, it's incredible it's amazing yeah you know, and, and I'm, just, I'm i'm excited we gotta go out there yeah you know I mean, the view and, and it's you know what we're also blessed because sometimes you go buy wine from a store and it's like you know yeah it's from italy and it's spain and that's great but here if you actually buy one you actually can have wine from people that you actually know yeah. and places you can exactly. actually visit. Like there's some wineries, if you get wine from France or Spain or Italy, it's great, but there are also places you're never actually going to see where the wine came from. Here exactly. you can actually say like, wow, that those grapes, I'm, I'm drinking the wine that came from those grapes. Mm-hmm. Or I'm drinking the wine that Lee made. Exactly. You know, that Lee one day said, oh, I'm going to mix these grapes, or I'm going to put these grape skins and just double, and you're like, I'm drinking that. Exactly. It's like just another reason why Charlottesville just this area mm-hmm. is just so amazing and so fantastic. Yeah, you know. And speaking of that, I mean, I I can't I can think of a few people better to to talk about just how much we love this area than uh, Matthias Young, Matthias Young yeah. Milty, our monthly. Thanks for having me them. again. No, uh, thanks, thanks for coming, for coming on. Matthias. It's always it's always fun. And oh, recently back from a little R and R. How was how was the how was your vacation? It was um, much needed and a fantastic time. We yeah. went to. Rhode Island, we enjoyed New England climate, um, a little bit less humidity. Mm-hmm. It was not as hot as here, yet hot enough to jump in the water every day. Mm-hmm. So it was a good time. Mm-hmm. You know, typically we would like to go to Germany once a year. My, my family lives there. You can tell I am from Germany. Um, my wife is pregnant right now, so it's we decided to not to fly plane. over. Yeah. And then we thought, hmm, it looks similar in New England. <laughs> Due to Germany, like landscape-wise, the, the coastal area, the climate similar. Let's have, a, have our own version of that. And yeah, it was good. We yeah. had a great time. Did you eat a lot of seafood there, or did you experiment? Of course, lots yeah. of fish. Lots yep. of fish, lobster. Lots of lobster. Lobster, yes, I well. know. Yes, mm-hmm. I remember we had taken a trip up to Maine, maybe like ten, twelve years ago. Oh man, we were having lobster every day. It was maybe a little too much lobster, but we were like having every day. Well, because have, it becomes the closer you get up there, the more affordable it becomes. Exactly. Like in Charlottesville, I mean, it's it also easy. tastes better too. It's yeah. like wait, now it's even getting better. I got. It's more. a more authentic experience, mm-hmm. right? Like you can sit in Nelson County on the in the mountain and eat fish, but on the coast, it's exactly it. it, it it feels more authentic. It feels right, yeah. yeah exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. So what, what were you kind of most looking forward to like coming home to? Is it okay, I'm, I'm, I'm back to Charlottesville. What, what have you been uh, looking forward to? Well, the key word is home, yeah. you know, <laughs> coming home. And um, 
I think my wife wanted to stay or would have stayed a week or two more on the beach. Mm -hmm. I was ready to come back. Sure, I also get restless. I want to get back to work. You want to come out um, today, manana. You know, you exactly. <laughs> it, it did coincide with, with the show. Thanks for rescheduling for me. No, I'm, I'm glad to be back home. And as much as I enjoy being on the beach, seeing the ocean, after all, I grew up in, uh, in northern Germany on the Baltic Sea. So mm -hmm. I'm familiar with the scent of yeah. the salt water and, um, and fish and all that atmosphere. But when I talk about home, I actually talk about my home in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And so it just feels like my place to come yeah. back here to Charlesville. And I can say it is my home. I've been living here for almost 10 years now. Oh, so. And it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful place yeah. to call home. I think especially, you know, especially as we go into, I think, you know, just the things to do here and the, and the beauty of it. And we're about to enter kind of that season where, like, everybody comes to Charlottesville mm -hmm. to say, I know you don't like, you like to enjoy the summer for another month, but, like, we're getting close to that season when everybody comes down and just you get the, lead, the changing of the leaves and the transformation mm -hmm. and the fall. And I just wanted, it's something I kind of wanted to, ask you about because it's it's been on my mind recently like because i think spring you always hear about as like okay spring everybody goes to look home buying stuff right summer everybody goes on summer vacation and then mm -hmm. they'll come back what kind of happens in the fall as we look forward to that in terms of you know people looking for homes or so forth does inventory look different than spring i mean i'm always i've always been kind of curious like what happens in the fall but it's not summer that everyone's gone and it's not the winter that's kind of quiet, but what kind of happens in the fall? Well, an, a number of factors play a role. I think after the spring market, the fall market is the second strongest mm -hmm. um, in, in real estate. Now, that is a, a general um, definition. We, have, uh, we had the pandemic, and I think mm -hmm. no one was waiting for the fall market um, because it was just one constant blur of yes. really high activity. Mm -hmm. And now that we are in a slightly normalized market again, sure, we look at the fall market as a strong market. We hope to see more inventory. I definitely have buyers counting on that. Mm -hmm. um, but we also still live in a time with a, with a market that challenges at least some buyers and some mm -hmm. sellers, yeah. uh, high interest rates. If you own a home right now and you are tentatively looking to sell, you do spend some time thinking it through right now because mm -hmm. you also find, have to find a new home to yes. purchase. And mm -hmm. how does that work with higher interest rates mm -hmm. and so on? So there's a number of factors. And, and so when people ask me, what is the best time to buy a home in Charlottesville? And they ask me in July, then sure, I tend to agree with them that September, October mm -hmm. might be a better yeah. time because we will simply have more options to mm -hmm. look at. But typically, I'm better advised to not answer directly the question, but counter with 20 questions, <laughs> asking about the circumstances, yeah, because exactly. that's what comes into play mm -hmm. as well. Um, why are you looking to buy? Why are you interested in selling? Mm -hmm. Can you wait? Or do you want to close on a house 
in August. What are the reasons for that? Mm -hmm. So it's a number of factors. Um, but to answer your question, and I've been rambling on here. No, it's a, it, it, you're teaching us. <laughs> we are right now in the summer slump, July, August. Yeah. Um, we do have transactions, but it's, it's a slower market. And we all know. Most people are not concerned with real estate right now. It's vacation time. People mm -hmm. are on the beach. Um, their mind is somewhere very different right now. Yeah. Um, generally speaking, yeah, you will find more options in the fall because sellers don't want to still be sitting on their home in, in, during, during Christmas time yeah. when, when no one is, is buying. Mm -hmm. But there are rules to the... Uh, exceptions to this rule. Um, I know buyers that are looking to purchase in the time right after Christmas because they think no one else is looking right now. Less mm, competition. Yeah. So, difficult it's, question, yeah, but um, I can tell you I'm excited about fall for various reasons. Mm -hmm. and, and some of the potential people that are looking for fall, do you anticipate them to be like first-time home buyers? Are they sort of middle-aged people looking to upgrade, or are they potentially just older generations that are kind of now looking to downsize? Well, it's another of those difficult questions. <laughs> Don't ask me 20 questions. The answer is, it depends, mm -hmm. right? Um, we will see all of that. Okay. And... Um, We, if, if you listen to Charles Wynn News, you know that we have a number of socioeconomic factors to consider. We have mm -hmm. different demographics moving to the area for, for various reasons. Um, I am working with a lot of first-time home buyers, mm -hmm. and their circumstances are very different to someone who's just looking to downsize, mm -hmm. right? But it is also more fun to sell a home during fall, during mm -hmm. the fall colors mm -hmm. and the atmosphere, yeah. especially here in the area on the East Coast, as opposed to January, for example, when the photographs that you're taking of your house mm -hmm. are not going to be as attractive mm -hmm. as um, during the fall foliage. Yeah, it makes sense. Some, yes. of the, some of the most beautiful time of year, so mm -hmm. you, everything looks at its most attractive which is what you want i mean it's, it's not mm -hmm. as though it's a deception it really does look that beautiful in the <laughs> fall and it's just reminding people i think sometimes of saying yeah this is this is what our area my home charlottesville looks like at at you could argue it's most beautiful right which is which is a great thing to see um we got some commenters auto turkish street food right here on uh on downtown mall great great for the oh yes i've been uh, there many the, times the sandwiches and the rosemary fries the rosemary so fries Auto, famous. They're famous. I know. Falafel. Auto Churches, they comment today. They say, Matthias is our friend. He's also our realtor. They think you're great. He says, we think he is great. He is okay. really reliable and a great communicator. Absolutely. All agree. Yeah. Completely. completely well, I appreciate agree. that, especially because we are still in the process of finding the home. So I'm happy that they're already happy with the <laughs> Yeah, enjoying the experience. experience. What is this? I, I think it's to their point, right? The What you kind of want, sometimes it's... It's that process, right? Because you can always, like, yeah, you may end up with a home, but what makes it a great experience with a realtor is saying, yeah, I actually enjoyed working with them. I wasn't nervous. They communicated things to mm -hmm. me. They made it as stress-free as possible, right? So it's, sometimes it's not even, with many professionals, it's not even the end result because the end result might always be house or no house, right? But it's what was it like during the process, and that communication is just so important. Well, 
I like to believe that I can make the experience um, better than, than others. Yeah. Um, after all, I'm sitting here to talk about me providing that service, so I'm, I'm confident I can, I can make this a um, memorable, pleasant experience. Um, buying a home or selling a home is or can be overwhelming. Uh, it, it is certainly emotional. Yeah. And my job is to navigate people through circumstances of the market, but also their emotions and the entire process, uh, arranging things. Yeah, but it's, it's after all what I like to do. Yeah. So I'm sitting here talking about it with what? passion. Mm -hmm. And exactly. I was just thinking about this, listening to Jill talking about the mm -hmm. botanical garden. And then we have Michael talking about um, the, the, the winemaking uh, process and about his vineyard and, and the Blue Ridge Mountains. And while I don't have anything tangible with me, I couldn't bring a house here. Yes. <laughs> That's the service. Well, we've been I'm sitting through the door. <laughs> right? And so um, it was a lot of fun to see you guys with the bottles of wine. Mm -hmm. um, I'm here to talk about the concept and the... Mm -hmm. and the experience yeah exactly well and it's, it's funny how it's amazing how all these things kind of come together so I know you're a big fan of the botanical garden and the work they do and just how all those things the the things to see here such as the garden the things to enjoy here such as Lee's wine right they come together as to why this is an attractive place to make your home and to say I'm not just going to visit there once every couple years I actually want to live in a place like Charlottesville area where I can experience these things with more frequency. Yeah, you know, I, I have a client right now who's from out of state, so he doesn't know a whole lot about the area, about Charlottesville, and what Charlottesville has to offer. And so we, we took a few Saturday afternoons to, to drive around. Um, so I took him in my car and showed him different areas of interest here in the area, in addition to the neighborhoods that you want to explore with a client. And um, I realized that I showed him vineyards or wineries in the area because that's such a big part of living in central yeah. Virginia. Um, it certainly has an, an impact on property values, um, mm -hmm. vineyards being one aspect of what the area has to offer, right? And I also brought another client, an, an older lady who wanted to get to know Charlottesville, um, to the Botanical Garden. Um, mm -hmm. Because I thought, hmm, look at New York City, you have Central Park. It's mm -hmm. a big part of why yeah. you visit the area. I grew up in Germany. I, I lived in Munich. Munich has an even bigger Central Park than New York City compared, if you call it the English Garden. And that's just happens to be the name. Mm -hmm. And um, it's in the middle of the city, and it is a, a focal point for, for, for people escaping yeah. the busy work life. Mm -hmm. um, so for all the reasons Jill talked about, why mm -hmm. is she so passionate about providing that green space here in the area? And that lady client, the older lady that I was showing Botanical Garden, her feedback was that she likes even more that the Botanical Garden is at the early stages right now and not a finished product yet because it shows that there's movement, there's mm. progress, there's development yeah, in the area. Watch it grow and, and it's not just new development next to another new development. Mm -hmm. No, it's also um, 
a lot of thought is being put into creating spaces for the community, mm -hmm. like green spaces. I personally believe in that. That's why I enjoy volunteering there. Um, well, actually, I did that um, before they changed their name. A lot has happened in the meantime, mm -hmm. and I'm not as involved anymore as I would like to be. But I'm excited about Botanical Garden, um, also for what it stands for here at mm, yeah. I think we can all agree mm -hmm. um, Just about that excitement that it generates, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it's an extension. I think Charlottesville is one of those places that really has a great and special like, love for the local. Like, what is local here? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of an extension of that site. In other words, instead of building a very curated botanical garden that we bring in all these rare and exotic plants that you can find mm -hmm. in a museum, it says their, their focus is what is native to Virginia, and we're going to help that to thrive and get rid of those things which were choking out because they weren't, they weren't part of the natural ecosystem. And I think Charlottesville kind of has a love of that in general. Like we, the community really values you know, local businesses and local wineries and things that you can have a connection with the people that live here. Well, you know, as I was listening to you talking, I realized, well, if you're sitting at Today Manana, in the I Love Siebel network. So it's all about small businesses um, supporting each other on a local level. And, and after all, I thought that being here talking to you guys in this form, it makes sense too, because I'm excited or passionate about the, the local experience. I work for a local boutique firm. Mm. I am not aligned with a big national chain on purpose because I believe that um, it's a it's a better experience for everyone involved to keep it on a local level. But I agree with it makes you. Total That's sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just when you you kind of exemplify that yourself. Like you can tell. One of the things I love when talking with you is you can tell that you're you're here to bring to help people come to Charlottesville because you actually love <laughs> Charlottesville, right? It's not just that you could be doing this anywhere. Like, you can tell the passion, like we were saying with our artists, like the passion that you have for, like, this is a great area, and I want to help people actually make the transition here. Yeah. I, I always have to remember the time I moved to Charlottesville. That was uh, 2014. And in the beginning, I didn't have a a work permit, uh, which was part of the green card process. Mm -hmm. I didn't have it yet, so I had a lot of free time on my hands, and I ended up volunteering in, in different areas. I did the International Rescue Committee mm. around the corner here. I um, volunteered at Monticello at the Botanical Garden, so I got to experience so many different aspects of the community that otherwise I think I would not have yeah. uh, experienced. And all of those things that I saw before I, you know, started a very busy work life and had less time on my hands for, for volunteering and exploring, etc., that um, just formed an opinion I have of Charlottesville, which actually helps me authentically mm. talk to clients about yeah. why I personally think this is such an interesting um, area we live in. Um, 
it might also help that I'm clearly not from here originally. <laughs> and so that so, gives it a little bit of credibility to Exactly. I think. It's an unbiased yeah. opinion. So mm-hmm. I, I, you have experienced There other is places. a reason I live here, of yeah. all places. Exactly, right? exactly. Uh, speaking of that, but a uh, funny way to, to uh, I think, uh, end for us would be uh, Monica Miller. So she is uh, also from Germany originally, from south of. Um, South of Munich, and uh, she says, "Yes, she says to you, um, hello, Mat- I'm, I'm going to probably butcher the German, but you'll probably bear with me." Shows, "Hello, Matthias, viele Grüße aus Montana." Viele Grüße zurück. <laughs> Why isn't that isn't that funny? Yep. To so to, to be sitting in Charles as the as the greeting. <laughs> Uh, hello, Dubai. So she is a bit. I knew she was going to tune in today because she she'd been looking forward to. Uh, to seeing you on, so I knew she was going to... Yeah, when you, when you said she's from south of Munich, I knew how to greet her. Mm-hmm. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So she, she's a big fan of the show, and especially when you come on, she, I think she enjoys, too. She told me once she enjoys just hearing you say it. Mm-hmm. Cause she had the same impression that the greenery uh-huh. of Charlottesville kind of reminded her of that, southern, of that Bavaria, part of Bavaria, because mm-hmm. it's always so green there. Okay, great. Uh, well, Matthias, it's always yes. fantastic Wonderful to have you on. Matthias, I love how, uh, how just the time flies. Yeah. When we're, uh, when sharing we're your knowledge, too, and your insights is always important. It's just in sharing our, our shared love of Charlotte. Exactly. So, exactly. It's always thanks again for having me. No, thanks for, yeah. Thank you for always coming on. Mm-hmm. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Yeah, thank it's you. been a, a great show. See you show. next time. See you next time. See you See next, next time. time. Been fantastic having you with yes. me, Michael. No, thank always you, Alex, for having it. me. It was a great show. Yes. I was happy to be here. Oh yeah, no, it's it's always fun. Really appreciate all our guests, mm-hmm. uh, Matthias Lee and Jill. Be sure to check out Matthias on Realty, Bluestone Vineyard, and the Botanical Garden of the Piedmont. Uh, got some great guests next week as well. Oh. Uh, we're going to be joined by Dana Boston. She is the owner of Esthetician Skin Care in Seville. Okay. Um, and Gabriella Gabriella Romo. She is the founder of Refem. Here Ooh. in Seville, they work with, uh, I believe, uh, uh, sewing, uh, alterations, ah, etc. So two great small businesses here in Charlottesville are going to be joining us next week, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, just thank you for everyone who's coming on. Thanks for all the great comments. Thanks for everyone watching today. Just can't thank you all enough. John Blair, thanks for joining the show and watching us today. Monica Miller, thanks for the comments and the great questions. Uh, Otto Turtish uh, Street Food here at Seville, mm-hmm. thanks for your great comments. So really appreciate everyone's everyone's comments and questions this morning. Uh, look forward to seeing you all next week. Thank you to the Judah behind the mm-hmm. camera, making us look good. Thank you to Emergent Financial Services, our presenter, and our great partners, Castle Hill Seville, Castle Hill Cider, uh, Matias Sion Realty, Credit Serious Insurance, Forward Adelante. Thank you, Michael. Thank for you, being with Alex. Us. Thank you all for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next week. But until that time, as we close it out on the show, hasta mañana.